Welcome to Joyful Marketing. I'm Simone Soul, and I teach you how to get your life coaching practice fully booked without having to pay for ads, buy Instagram followers, or complicated sales funnels. It's not rocket science, and you can do it too. Listen on to find out how. Hey, everybody. Boy, have I got a treat for you today. Are you ready to make sales pages not scary and overwhelming anymore for the rest of your life. I mean, come on, that is so good. And there's only one person that I trust in the whole entire world to make sales pages human and not scary and something that is joyful to write, joyful to send, feels like you, feels congruent, just feels like an extension of you radiating out your beautiful gifts in the world in the way that you like to, not any of that other bullshit. So welcome to the show, Mish Grixty. It is so fucking awesome to be here. Okay. Mish is a copy genius, but not in the conventional sense. I mean, actually, she is also a copy genius in the conventional sense, but what I really treasure is all the unconventional senses of how she's a copy genius. And I'm going to make you feel awkward and put you on the spot and tell us how you're an unconventional copy genius. I'm an unconventional copy genius because I fervently believe that the best copy that can ever be created can only come from your brain. So if it's about your offer and your clients, it's a lot of people are like, copy. fuck, someone else can't do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> And the good news is, is that all of those nuggets already exist. Like you already have, you already have like the most brilliant pieces in there and you don't need to go searching for them. You don't need to go, you don't need to sail the seven seas to stumble across them and, and change more or evolve more or, or be any different or serve any differently to how you're currently serving and showing up for your clients and coaching your clients all of that is the perfect place to start, to start mining for those nuggets inside. Okay. I also love that Mish, maybe it's like too obvious to you and you don't say it because it's too obvious to you, but the way she, she teaches like copy and sales pages is the polar opposite of that kind of like like flashing icon, like buy now and, but wait, there's more. And like all the, all the shit that people tell you, you have to do on sales pages. Like this is, there's a formula formula you have to follow. And there is a predictable way to manipulate people's psychology, to make, to inflame their scarcity and to, you know, make them feel like they have to buy or, you know, or else. And listen, I think there are people who overtly teach that. And I think there are people who pretend not to teach that, but they're actually teaching that. Right. They're like, we're gonna show you a like a organic whatever. And it they're actually just teaching the same thing, but like in like repackaged repackaged in like nice whatever. Yeah. With with, with pink. Yeah. And (laughs) what I what I love is that Misha's actually teaching the opposite of that. The anti-that. So I told her right before we got started, uh, by the way, like full disclosure, Misha's has helped me with my sales page copy for years. So years. Fun. Yeah. And, and, and what I want to yeah. say there, like 
that this again is is such an example like even if you think you know Simone is a unicorn with her copy skills the, which I the, am. again which she totally is and and like there's also evidence right there though that like this isn't you know Simone never has to outsource that to someone else like our work together has very much been about you know you unearthing uncovering the gems that are exactly that's already so when there, I right? say Misha's helped me with my, my with my sales pages it's not like she said hey Simone talk about this or I'm gonna write this for you or you need to do it like this it's not like that like mm. I I borrowed her brain when I was writing sales pages I don't anymore I don't borrow your brain for sales pages anymore and I'll tell you why it's because oh. I am entering a total chaos version uh, phase of my it. business in which everything is fucking chaotic, totally on purpose. But back when I wasn't actively trying to make things chaotic, I sat with Mish a lot and she would just ask the best questions. And she would ask questions that put me in a frame of mind where I was connecting with what was already inside me. And it would come out and it'd be like, this is genius. Mish, you're a genius. And she'd be like, no, you're a genius. And so that <laughs> is, that's the experience that you're going to have at the end of this, or you're going to know how to have that at the end of this podcast. What she did yes. for me, we're going to do for you in this podcast. You're going to walk away feeling like, I know how to mine for the most brilliant bits from my own brain, no improvement, no healing, no change, no whatever needed to have a sales page. And, before, and, and I know that we, we'll probably get into this, but you don't need a sales page. Right. No. Nobody needs a sales page. Absolutely not. Plenty of people make loads and loads of money without sales pages. A sales yes. page, like anything else in marketing, is something that you get to have for fun if you want. Yes. It's another way to connect with your people. Just like do you have to do social media? No, it's a way to connect with people. Do you have to do email? No, it's a way to connect with people. Same thing with sales page. Do it if it feels like a fun way to connect with people, not because it's going to be the magic, whatever, anything to anything. Nothing is magic. You are magic. Yes. Right? So however, whatever channel, platform, medium you want to share your magic through, the channel, medium, platform is not the secret ingredient. Your, your frequency, your brilliance, your creativity, your heart, your humanity, that's a secret ingredient. So enough blabbing from me. Mish, tell us, how do you make, what's, tell us what to know about a sales pitch to make it not scary. Well, the first thing, further to what you just said then, like if you're approaching it from the place of like, I have to, or I ought to have a sales page. Or my my sales page has to convert at whatever rate for me. So-and-so said, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Yeah. Fuck all that because it's never going to be a fun experience or a joyful experience or a connecting experience when you come in from that. Like like you just said, Simone, like that, having the opportunity or, or seeing it as like, oh, this you know, I, I get to connect in this way on this platform. The first step is I th- really think of sales pages as like this glorious playground to connect with your offer and your clients in a deeper kind of more intentional way than perhaps your day-to-day running of your business, you know, invites you to. So mm-hmm. start with that. It's kind of like, if I could offer a metaphor, it's kind of like, you know, I live at home with my husband and my my baby and we're always just like doing whatever at home. We're like doing chores, taking care of the baby. Somebody's going to make dinner. Somebody's going to take out the trash and da, 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 da. A sales page is like, okay, there's all that mundane stuff, which is good. You know, I love our family life. I love the mundane things. We have fun together, but a sales page is like me and my husband 
like my our, my parents have the baby and we are on a dinner date and we are yes. dressed up nice and we're actually getting to look in each other's eyes and really have a heart to heart and remember what it was all about. Like, you know, yes, you remember like, what it was all about. Stage. Like, yes, just the two of us. Hey, let's, that's very much the energy. Not because there's anything wrong with the rest of my life, but it's a special yeah. kind of container, right? That's what you get totally. to do with people. You get to take them on a date where you get to sit on in candlelit in any blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. 100%. And that's like, that's the other piece of it here because when I'm, I'm working on a sales page with a client or on my own sales pages, it's like the joy of that experience for me is that different to, to other kind of methods of communication. Like it, it feels like the rest of the world falls silent. And it really is like that kind of date experience where, you know, in this case, it's my offer and it's, it's my best fit clients and, and the people I'm most excited to connect with or, you know, share, share my gifts with. And it doesn't feel like I'm talking to the void. It doesn't feel like I'm convincing or or speaking to those people, if my brain defaults there, the joy of that is to bring the spotlight back to that relationship that I have with my offer and the relationship that I have with my clients. I think that's that's the other key part here. It's like the well, number one, starting with the offer that that you have desire for, like checking in, like, is this actually what I want to be fucking offering? Or is or is this a coaching thing that I'm, you know, doing because I've been told that it needs to have this structure and I need to offer these things. So number one, making sure that you're starting with that offer that you do. I'm lots. curious, you work with lots of clients on their sales pages. How many, how often do you have to like actually sit and be like, wait, do you even like your offer? Is this a fit for you? Like how often well, do you have to change the offer? Yeah, that is a great question. I actually had a client from my previous round of my group program where throughout the process, because because it is so, you know, requires so much of that thinking. And questioning from that place of of loving your offer and loving your clients. And she actually realized, like, wait a minute, this isn't it. Like, I don't want to do this kind of coaching. I don't want to work with these particular clients. Mm. And in the last, in the last week, she's, you know, released her that coaching, that offer that that does light her up. And you can just like feel it through the whole sales page, her whole business, right? Like this isn't about sales pages, that's the playground, but yeah, it is. It is a really illuminating thing. So, if somebody's like, "I'm not 100% sure if I really love my offer or if it really is what I want to be offering," what are some questions you ask them to uh, that they, that you might ask have them ask themselves to get to clarity? Like, "Oh, I do want this or I don't want this." I actually go to that belief where we we anchor, anchor back into the fact that our best fit clients are powerful motherfuckers. Like, they don't need our offer to be saved or rescued. They're not mm-hmm. going to be you know, floating aimlessly if we don't offer them six months of Voxer access. So once you ground back into that place mm. where you remember that your clients are those powerful motherfuckers, then <laughs> then if they don't need you, if this is if this is if you're that resource that they're they're you know making use of because they're resourceful people like that, do you still want to offer that? Like if if they can get their result in any way do you still want to offer that? Fucking brilliant. And I also want to add your clients are powerful motherfuckers who are so grateful to be in the same room as you. Yes. So meaning they're not going to be like, well, what about this thing I'm not getting? Or I don't like the way that's set up because that, or, well, you know, they're not going to have that attitude because those are not your people. 
Your people are powerful, resourceful motherfuckers who adore you and are grateful to be in the room with you and think whatever you've got happening is uh, awesome. And if they question if something is awesome, they're not going to make it like here, it's your responsibility to solve this for me. They're going to get resourceful. They're going to get creative. They're going to want to coach themselves. You know, like they're, and this is not, this is not the same thing as saying like you're you know, people's thoughts don't matter that you got to ignore whatever feedback people have about you. It's about attuning to what you truly, what gives you joy to offer, not just in terms of content, but also in terms of structure, what's sustainable Mm. for you, what feels like, like a rhythm and, and a structure of, you know, creating and, and delivering your offer that would make you want to wake up in the morning and do that thing. That's it. That question cuts through so much noise in your mind where it's like, oh, well, this is, I need this because well, my clients need this. Do you want to get up in the morning and bounce to your desk or whatever, to your phone, because you're so excited for what's ahead of you or anything else? Mm. And we're solving for that experience of like, oh my God, I love my day. I wake up in the morning, like looking forward to it because it, it is just so yummy and good. Right. Yes. And so I yeah. want to ask you, like, what's getting in the way of that? Is it Voxer access? If so, then you got to cut that shit out. Right. Yeah. Or is it, I don't know, whatever it is. So it's, yeah. it's, it's a love what Mish said. And I think it's in, it's in, it's in two parts, right? Your clients are powerful motherfuckers and they adore you and they adore you for exactly what you provide when you're so happy to do it. You bounce out of bed to, to want to do it. Okay. That's so. It. Yeah. And further to that, like when you are playing with your offer and and your clients on your sales page in this way, because you're spending so much time thinking about the different results that your clients create through your coaching container, at the end, like it it just reminds you, like my clients don't care so much what the structure is. Like they're there to create results for themselves. So that, you know, it's like what you teach. If, If someone wants to get to Hawaii, they don't care whether. You know, they don't need to know all the details about the the jumbo jet plane or whatever. It's they want to get to Hawaii. So yeah, I think that's a key part too. That that people want the results and they fucking love you. Like that's yeah. You can't forget those two things. Yeah, they're not there for Voxer access, they're there for the transformation, <laughs> they're there for the healing, they're there for the growth. And the Voxer access does not create that. That's it. Yeah. That's okay. It. So love it. So, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So so you start with for like you start with an offer you love and as you go through the process the things that you don't love so much are going to you know come through and and fall away and then the next step is meeting your best fit client so they can fall in love with your offer too so but there's there's step 1 and there's step 2 and that meeting your best fit client part that's that's where it's that devotional part of hanging out in their inner world and bridging that empathy gap that you know if you're a coach and you're in breakthrough all the time which so many of you are, it can be it can be easy to forget what it's like to be you last year or you two years ago or to be struggling with that thing that you help your clients with all the time. But it yeah, at this point, that's when you slow down and 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 you meet them in their mind and from there you can write. So how what are some ways you can meet them in in your mind? Like, you know, it was a lot of questions that I question that I get is like, I don't know who my person is, or, or maybe you do, but like, I don't know what they're thinking. So if somebody is having them, mm. like, I don't know what they're thinking, how can you get in their heads? 
Yeah, that is that is my favorite question because as a coach, you're literally surrounded with all these facts about what your clients are thinking. So if you've coached anyone, if they've ever submitted an intake form, you can read what they've actually written to know what they're thinking, to know what their inner world is like. You coach them, you coach clients every week or or, mm-hmm. or you know, each session they're sharing their minds. They're literally you. telling you they're what telling they're thinking. You. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so your job is yes, your job then and there is is to coach them, but but you can you can listen to that, you can take that, you can recall that later. And in fancy marketing speak, that's called VOC data, which is fucking marketing speak, but that data is just the words your clients use. What's VOC? And VOC, voice of client or voice oh, of voice okay. of customer. Yeah. Jesus. So it's like the actual words they use. And you're probably doing this already. Like when someone does say something on a coaching call and then you post something on social media after that's specifically related to that thing they shared or, or the way they phrased that problem or the way they phrased their breakthrough, that is, that's VOC. That's stuff you can use to know this is what they're thinking. This is what they're feeling. This is what they're experiencing right now. Yeah. So it's so, like actually paying attention to what they're saying in the way that they're saying it. That's it. Yes. In the human way. And and that's a really important nuance as well, because the only way we kind of know what our clients are uh, thinking and feeling is because they tell us, but there's the extra step we need to put it through as is this what they're thinking? Because sometimes people say things and it's it's still through that filter of you know, sounding sounding nice or sounding a particular way. But in our copy, we want to meet them in their minds. We want to reflect what they're thinking. So that might be the difference between saying like, oh, I, I'm really tired after work compared to I'm fucking exhausted after eight hours, you know, sucking up to my boss. Like right. the, that nuance is, <laughs> that nuance matters kind of thing. Like what are they really thinking and asking yourself that? Yeah. And one thing I want you to want you to remember is that people are literally telling you that all of the time. So you don't have to, if your brain's like, but how do I know? It's like, ask yourself, how am I not listening to what people are already telling me? Yes. Right. Cause yes. even if, listen, if you're like, a re- let's say you're a regular life coach, you coach on all the life things, right? Just, mm-hmm. if you just like it, move through a day in a human life, you're going to hear all of the things. Your friend's going to be bitching about something or other. Your sister's going to be whining about something. Your cousin's having a crisis. Your coworker is procrastinating. Like people are, pay attention. Like just think of it as not like you have to go find this information that's out there, but thinking of it as like mm. perking up your ears. Yes. And like, wait, what are the words? And, and think of yourself almost like as like a documentarian of like human yes. behavior and human words. And like get in the habit of being curious about the picking that up and like writing down verbatim, like what did this pe- person just say? This person is like whining about something on social media. Like what were the exact words they used to whine about their thing? Mm. You can use that. Mm. I mean, as long as they're not like random people, but like they fit the kind of people you want to yeah. serve. Right. Totally. And something else I used to do is when back when I was starting out, I didn't have that many clients and, uh, you know, I didn't even really know who, who I was serving. But one thing I knew for sure was that I wanted to help people who are struggling with the same things that I used to struggle with. Right. Mm-hmm. And all those, like, I used to know what I thought, like the thoughts that I thought that felt so painful. Like, yeah. you know, when I had really low self-esteem, when I was like filled with shame, what are the kind of things, what are the situations that I was in? What are the kinds of things I used to think about myself? And I would, 
I would remember them because they were relatively fresh on my mind, right? So when you don't have a ton of clients yet, that's something that that's that's quite accessible to do, right? Like yeah. what was I thinking before? And uh, you're probably thinking some of those things some of the time anyway, even now, right? Because we're all human and our thoughts repeat themselves. Yeah. So I think that's a really useful uh, perspective shift. Like it's not like my client's thoughts are mysterious and I have to go unearth it in some mysterious location in a hidden mm-hmm. treasure map, right? Mm-hmm. But if the universe, if, the, if life is constantly telling me other people's thoughts and their words and I'm not listening, how am I not listening? Yes, I love that. I love that. Okay. Um, so good. So Sorry. second thing is l- listen to what your clients are saying in their words and then use those words. What's next? Yeah. So from from there, you can really simply ask yourself, what do they feel when they first come across me, when they first, you know, come into my orbit, whatever, what do they feel? What do they know? What do they want? Mm. You can ask yourself those three things and you can even like invite yourself to just answer it really simply in, in one or two sentences for each of them. If you start there and have that in front of you, you will find it harder to believe your brain when it tells you, I don't know anything. I don't know what I could possibly write about. Ooh. I don't know where to start. Can you give us an example of like somebody, how they might answer those questions? Just like, yeah. So if you are a money coach, for example, and you ask yourself, okay, what are my, what are my best fit clients feel? How are they feeling before they work with me? So they're probably feeling frustrated because, you know, no matter how hard they work, money still stays the same, confused, overwhelmed. You know, even if you start just with those feelings alone, that's still just a quick dive into their current emotional state. If you ask yourself, what do they know? Perhaps they know that they know they can pay the bills each month, but they can't, you know, build savings, or or maybe they know that they've tried things in the past, but they're still in debt. Or just asking yourself, where are they at with what are they aware of? What aren't they aware of? And that third question of what do they want? Like they want to feel powerful around money instead of scared and confused by it. Like they want to be able to throw a surprise party for their partner and not feel sick and and anxious about getting the bill. You know, those things are just going to, again, connect you to a real life human that you can start having that conversation with on, on the sales page because this is never about... Like when your brain wants to complicate shit, at the end of the day, it's a conversation in written form and and that's what your sales page exists to facilitate. That's so good. Like when so many like so many people find it hard to write on social media or even on a sales page because there's not a literal person physically in front of them. And it's hard mm-hmm. for your brain to grasp that it is a conversation. Like a lot of people say, oh, I'm writing into the void. It's not a void. It just feels like a void because there's not a physical person in front of you. But if you mm. answer, there's so much, like if you actually make yourself answer these three questions, there's so much power in that. And when you have that, you're going to be like, oh, I am talking to a, like, I know who this is. I'm not just writing into the void anymore. Like that is such a key part. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the, the other key part about that is when you start there and, and when you think of like the top of your sales page, like when you reflect things like this at the top of your sales page, it doesn't need to be like fuck tons of copy or anything like that. But when you take the time to show your reader that you see them, you understand them, you get them, you're meeting them where they're at. That empathy builds trust. So by the time you do start 
start introducing your offer, they know it's relevant to them. They're not like, well, what's this offer got to do with with me? Like you've provided the context, you've shown them that you you get them, you get where they're at, and there's a very good chance they can trust the solution. They can trust, you know, you, that your coaching is going to be the thing that actually helps them get to where they want. In my favorite dating metaphor, it's like the part of the date where you sit down with another person for the first time and you mm. show them that you're actually paying attention to them. Yes. And that you actually like them and get them. You know how you can tell in the first like five minutes of sitting down with somebody like, oh, are they actually paying attention to me? Are they really here with me or are they like distracted? Like, do they, are they into me? Do they get me? Right. So mm-hmm. think of the first part of that sales page as you sitting down with them and showing them, hey, I give a shit about you. Hey, yeah. I'm paying attention. I want to know about you. And here's, and, and then that's how, I mean, actually you probably already you're entering, this is not the first date because you're already writing them an offer, right? It's not yeah. your, it's like, I have already been paying attention to you. So I know these things about you yes, exactly. and I'm being present with you. So that's, that's, I think that that'd be a good sort of metaphor to think about. Yeah. I love that. And, and a key thing of what you just said then Simone was, was that you like them. Like that positive regard is such a key piece that you don't really learn about in other marketing or in in stereotypical like corporate you do in joyful marketing. marketing. Yes, you totally do in joyful marketing. But yeah, that that positive regard, the fact that you like and respect and admire the person that you're talking to, that you give a shit about them. That's actually like, like number one, isn't it? That's <laughs> number fucking one. Like if people are smart, they can sense when you think they're stupid or when you think they're fucking brilliant. Like let that shine through. Like trust that that's an important thing to feel, to connect to, don't get caught up in like, oh, how do I, how do I show this in, in words and copy, but connect to that place first and remind yourself again of like your, your best fit clients are powerful motherfucker. And yeah, they're a phenomenal creator of their own universe. And you can reflect that in your words, even if you are talking about the stuff that isn't going as swimmingly as they wish right now, or, or things that they do want to change or they do want to create shifts in. So one That's really important nuance here is that it's one thing to see them when they're struggling with something and meet them where they are with sort of understanding and compassion for where they, what they are. That is mm. very different energy from pitying them That's or it. seeing them as fragile or in need of rescue and condescending to them. 100%. Right? So think about one is seeing somebody in their full humanity, loving them, appreciating them, seeing their power, seeing their potential, seeing their giftedness, and then knowing, okay, and I know this is the part that you want to solve. This is the part you want to heal so that you can launch into you know all that you are and tap into all that you are. That is very different from the subtle energy of condescension, of patronization, where you're like, oh, well, you're over there. Sucks to be you. And, you know, and I'm saying this in a sort of exaggerated way, but I like invite you to go check out different sales pages in the world and see who hasn't, like when you read it, who makes you feel like, oh, this person gets that I have an issue I want to fix that I want help with, but this person fundamentally regards me as capable and they Mm -hmm. fundamentally respect me and treat me as an equal versus a sales page where they're helping you saying they're going to help you with something. And this person is fundamentally thinking I'm stupid, right? So there is a definitely, I feel like you have to go feel the energy difference for you to, for you to Mm. get it. 
Yeah. And to get how important it is for you to come from an energy where you're relating to your client as an equal, you respect them. You think they're awesome. Mm-hmm. You're powerful. They're powerful motherfuckers. And here's this thing you can help them with. And it matters to them. Right. Yeah. Just because they're powerful doesn't mean they don't really, really want help. Right. Yeah. So that's very different from like, I see where you are. I want to help you versus condescending to them. Yeah. And to help you tap into, okay, well, if, if there's, you know, I'm coming from this place of like they're really powerful motherfuckers and 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 I I'm this resource they can access and and coaching with me is this you know phenomenal uh tool that they can use to to create the result they want. Another way to kind of like tap into that urgency or importance of sharing your offer with them is is kind of like I think of it as like flipping flipping the should. Like so often we we hear the word should and it's you know like should feel like shit. Like you should work out more often or I should eat better or I should, you know, like all those shoulds feel shit. But when you think of like you should feel powerful around money or like you should wake up in the morning excited to start your day or you should insert thing that your coaching helps your clients create for themselves. Like that's a really powerful energy to tap into. Like your best fit clients deserve to have that result in in their life that your coaching helps them create. Mm. So you can tap back into that. Yeah. It's like, even if you're talking about a problem or a, or a, you know, the dreaded term pain point, like you can do it and you can talk about issues, problems, pains from power and to power, or you can talk about it from something other than that. Right. So I love Mish because nobody else talks about this kind of thing. Yay. Yay. <laughs> okay. So what's next? So what's next? I so there's if you're if you're ever like, okay, but how do I how do I introduce my offer? Oh or how yeah. do I how do I introduce my offer? And then like what order do I need to talk about shit on, on my page from there? There's two two fun things that I want to share with you there. So when it comes to introducing your offer, like for the first time on your sales page. I teach like this idea of like the 10,000 foot technique. And that's just, you know, you're not getting into the weeds. You're not down there at 10 feet above your offer. You're, you're looking at it from that bird's eye view, like that eagle eye perspective and ask yourself, like, what are the, what are the, you know, biggest shifts or, or outcomes that clients create from this offer? Like, what are the what does that look like in their day? You can get you can get specific with it for sure, like specific on the internal and external shifts, but don't get into all the details like it's gonna be this and this and followed by this many weeks. Like at, at the start, people just want to get a sense of what what do they stand to get from being in this container with you. Like, like how is my are you saying like how is my life gonna change like in a in a yeah. broader sense? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, and that, you know, that could look like, you know, five dot points kind of thing in that really practical sense, like asking yourself, what are those, what are those five results that five different results that people create from this? What are, what are the different results that I get most excited to see my clients create? Or what are the results that my clients are most surprised to create for themselves in this container? So asking yourself questions like that can, can help uncover that big picture point of view. And then from there, a really powerful exercise can be sitting down and writing a letter to like a business friend or a real life friend or someone pretending that you didn't create the offer. Like I find separating yourself from the offer at this point is really helpful and having the goal of like persuading that friend to get in on the brilliance of your offer. 
which again, in this exercise, it's not your offer. Someone else created it, but you're just telling your friend about it. It's like when you've got that awesome recommendation for like this restaurant or, oh, so or like when people talk about joyful marketing, yeah. right? Like what would, yeah, what would what would you say? How would you talk about it? What would you write in that letter to to help them realize, oh yeah, I fucking want to get in on this. It's literally pretending it's not your offer. Yes. Pretend it's not your offer. Okay. Okay. That's brilliant. That's so good. Yeah. Because there's so much power and and you talk so much about the spirit of your business. I know you've actually talked about the spirit of your offer before as well, Simone. And, And that's what we play with so much in the sales page creation. Like the spirit of your offer is its own thing. And when you can find that separation, it can make it easier to write about it because then you're just the channel for it. It's not about you and, and your ego and and making grandiose claims and things like that. Like you're giving words and life to this offer that that wants to come through you and and, and serve your clients. So yeah, separating yourself from that can be really powerful. But once you've done this letter exercise, you can go through and then see like, oh, well, at the start here, I you know, mentioned what it was, like, here's the name of it. And then, oh, the next thing I mentioned was this thing about it. And the next thing I mentioned was this thing about it. But you can actually find like the kind of hierarchy of messages, like, oh, I I said this and then this and then this. And that can inform like, okay, well, maybe on my sales page, it could take that similar layout as well and flow from there. Love it. Yeah. Practical. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, but the 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 thing that you'll get clear on from that as well is what does it take to help someone feel safe and confident and excited to make their decision about this offer? And that's oh my god, those hold on, hold three things. That is everything. so good. Hold on, that question in itself, like what helps somebody feel confident and not just confident, but excited, safe, confident, excited. Yeah, three those three key things. If when you have those three things, someone has what they need to make their decision. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Like, cause, yeah. cause they're related, but they're subtly different, right? Like what yes. makes somebody feel safe to make the call? What makes mm-hmm. somebody feel confident to make the call? And what makes somebody feel excited to make the call? Right. Yes. I think a lot of the times we get in the weeds, like trying to prove the value of our offer that it's worth it. And then we get mm-hmm. into almost kind of like a clinical approach to talking about its value, which is all good. But then where's the excitement? Right. And you want to, your offer deserves excitement. It, it, you know, people should, should be excited about it because it is exciting. And yeah. are you inviting them to, because I'm thinking about this a lot because right now, at this moment, I'm marketing um, the shame clinic. And I think being freed from shame is so exciting. It's yes. I like want to jump up and down and I talk about it. And when I talk about shame, I, one of the things I noticed early on is that it can be kind of a downer of a topic. Let's talk about shame and all the ways you're ashamed and all the ways it's bringing you down and all, you know, we want to be free from shame. And so it was a little bit of a downer. And then I realized, oh, like I want to connect. I want to get people excited. I want to be people turned on and activated and almost like happy to buy this thing that's about shame. Right. And so 
I feel like once I connected, because it, it genuinely does feel like that to me. And I think once I got that, I, I was able to be in an energy where I could get other people excited too, because I was excited. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. we're like having like a party about shame, which is so yes. fun. And and every email I read or post I see about it, like there isn't that heaviness. Like there's the, the truth of it. All of the truth of it is there. But because you've connected to that desire piece, like yeah. that comes through like yeah. in every cuz what people want isn't i mean sure people want to be healed from shame but what they really want is to go after all the things that they'll go after mm. be all the things they'll be do all the things they'll do when shame isn't holding them back anymore yes that's what people that's what they actually yeah. want like you yeah. want to tell that annoying person to fuck off yes. you want to draw that boundary you're going to write that book you're going to you know assert yourself you're gonna set you charge the price you really deserve to charge like all these things that's exciting right so actually i get this question a lot from people who have sort of heavier things that they work on people with maybe it's grief maybe it's Mm -hmm. you know people with medical issues you know whatever it is trauma healing right these aren't like fun topics well, mm-hmm. people say these aren't like fun topics. I can't be like silly and and laugh about these about like cancer or trauma. And I'm like, I beg to differ. Like, n- not that you don't have like the weight of the you know you let it have the weight. You're not in denial of all the heavy dark things that are there. But mm. in the end, you're not inviting people into an experience of darkness. You're in- inviting people into a transformation of the darkness. Yeah. Right. And what's on the other side? It's not, if it's not necessarily like prancing on the field in a da- meadow of daisies, then what is it? And what's exciting about that? I, I I can get so excited about, for example, what's on the other side of, of, of grief, you know, cause there's a, mm. everything that you can work on in a coaching in a coaching context is profoundly alchemical. And it's like, like a blooming of somebody's soul, no matter what the process is, no matter how hard the thing is, right? And isn't that exciting? The blooming of somebody's yeah. soul, right? That you can make anything exciting. Doesn't That's mean it's it. not a denial of the dark and the heavy, but you gotta let people know, like there's you gotta be in the joy of it as well, right? Don't you think? Yeah, 100 percent I think a, a really powerful way to tap into that joy is to get really specific as to what that can look like for your clients like you know how does their day look different if if they're not permanently weighed down by grief like and you talk about this so much in joyful marketing and everything you teach as well Simone but the specificity the painting the picture the the doing like the the imagining for them so their brain doesn't have to work as hard to picture it in their minds like that's such a, a, a service fuels thing that you can use your sales page for or any of your copy for and I'm going to tell you another thing because I coach so many of y'all. I can see all your brains already. Some of you are going to be like, but I don't know what the specifics are. It's like hard for me to think about the right. Or it's never specific enough, whatever. If you're having that drama, listen, I'm going to offer you the same advice as I offered before, which is life is offering you specific details all of the time. Every moment people are telling you in very specific words about their experience. Not only that, you are also always having a specific experience, Mm -hmm. right? Like I, 
I recently decided that I loathe the term general life coaching because I like went on a rant about it on one, one of my coaching calls. I don't remember where, but I was like, what the fuck is a general life coach? Who is a general person with a general life? Who is a general coach? There is no human being who's a general human being. Everyone is super fucking specific. Everybody yeah. has a specific face. Everybody's got some weird ass specific family history. Everybody's got a weird ass specific personality. Everybody has weird kinks everybody's weird there's nobody who's general right <laughs> so i get what people are saying we mean like you know coaching on all the things where you're not niching to a specific topic or mm-hmm. area mm-hmm. i get that but that does still doesn't mean that you're just general and for everybody right you're a specific kind of person who's going to jive with a specific kind of clientele and there's nothing general about it so even if you are, if you feel compelled to call yourself a general life coach, try this on. How is life always showing me what a specific person I am and what are my specific desires and cravings and yearnings? And what are my specific pains, right? Mm. That is going to zoom you in to what's already there. Please, when you think you have to go find specificity out there, that's always going to create a brain block. You don't yes, have to go find always. a damn thing. Life is always showing you specificity. Mm-hmm. And the key, the thing I love about that too is like, if your brain's like, oh, well, that's specific to me, but is that going to resonate with my my best fit clients? I'm like that, what you do when you take the time to get clear on, you know, what's what's specific for you even if that exact circumstance isn't the exact same for your best fit clients, like the fact that you've you've given words that you've painted a picture that you've given something tangible for their brains to latch onto, they can just, you know, easily insert their version of that circumstance as, as you know, right there. Like it's, it still has so much value when you're willing to paint the picture of, of like, you know, when you go to the coffee shop, instead of like looking down and mumbling, you have the confidence to, to smile at the barista and ask them how their day's going. Like that's the kind of specificity that like, even if someone never goes to a cafe to order, order coffee, that's still giving them a visceral sense of what confidence could mean for them. I love your Australianisms. What did I say? Oh my Bruce, God, Brewster. Oh, barista. Barista. Oh, barista. Po- yeah, barista. Yeah. Oh, I thought a- you said Brewster. Like you, you Brewster. brew, you co- brew coffee. So you're like a Brewster. Oh my God. I love that. That's we so should, funny. That's great. That's uh, great. Should, no, the new word. Yes. People don't need to identify with the specifics of your life. They need mm. to identify with your vibe. Right. Yes. So I'm yes. like, I'm always like, my baby is so annoying. Like I talk about how annoying my baby is all the time and how motherhood (laughs) sucks and and nobody talks about it enough. And people who don't have kids are like, I love the way she's talking about that because it's just like, whatever, right? She's like unafraid to say it. And they want to work with me because I will say those things, even though they can't relate Mm because they don't have kids, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not about the specifics about your life. It's about the kind of person they see yourself being. And I get people, I'm sure you can, you, you can say the same, Mish. I get people hiring me who have vastly different life experiences than me. Mm. And you don't get to dictate in advance what your medicine is that you offer people. Like you put yes. yourself out there and then people will tell you what medicine they're getting out of. Yeah. I love that. Your work. I love that. Totally. Yeah. 
Yeah, I thought I had. That's all <laughs> I was like, is this yeah. a pregnant pause or a like, dramatic? Well, I'm like, this is this is like going back to what we were talking before about the 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 excitement and the safety and the confidence yeah, that's piece. So Listen, I feel like this whole podcast could be it's like a masterclass. There's so many amazing questions, like rich questions that you can chew on. And Mm. even if you get all, and I also want to say this, I think, tell me if you agree, I think you would, even if you mess up some of this, right? Even if you are Mm. like, don't get a specific, if you don't exactly dial in exactly who your client is, if you are whatever, I think the most important part of this is how you are present with the person that you're speaking to. And again, that positive regard right? Like mm. I respect you. I see, I care about you. And I'm, I'm being real with you. Like I'm bringing my authentic self here and I'm here to relate to you as a human being that I respect and like, mm. I think mm-hmm. that covers up a multitude of sins. Like that's the Ish. most important, most important Stop part. It. And there's no perfection here, right? You could be, be sloppy about a lot of it. And if the key parts of like, here I am and here you are, and I give a shit about you, if that's there, then mm. I don't think you need to be a perfectionist about any of the rest of it. What do you think? 100%. 100%. That's, and, and if that's not there, then don't bother with the rest. <laughs> exactly. Don't bother yeah. with the rest or at least like fix that first. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there's probably, it's probably, I say everything in business is a relationship issue, right? Mm. It's either a relationship mm. to yourself issue or your relationship to your clients issue. If you're scared of your clients, if you don't like your clients, if you're, if you find like you're subtly condescending to your clients, none of which makes you a bad person or a bad coach. It's just the mm-hmm. way we're accustomed to thinking about things. And I certainly find myself there sometimes I'm like, Oh wait. And then you just decide like, Oh, what about this relationship needs to change? Right. Yeah. And then you do that work first, that work comes first. And my last thing on that, like my brain will always default to the, you know, unhelpful thoughts and, and things like that. And it's not a problem that that's the default. My next step is inviting it to center my client next to center my, my coaching next to, to shift that relationship. To, to center them. Yeah. To center them. Like yeah. in, in my T line, I'm thinking about them yes. not by default, but that's where I invite my brain to go next. Yeah. On purpose. Yeah. Totally. Just at the end of the day, like nothing kicks my butt into gear more than remembering that there's somebody out there who's like literally in pain right now. They are suffering because they don't know that this exists. And if I'm thinking about me, that's it's hard to access that feeling. But if I'm talking about them, it makes me want to get up and go to work. So, yes. so good. I really, really, truly invite you to treat this as a masterclass and write down everything, like make your own outline. Like that's going to be your... Uh, frame for your sales page. And what I love about your method the most, Mish, is that it literally is like, it's actually like a healing experience, don't you think? Don't yeah. don't a lot of your clients tell you that? Yeah, they it it is that 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 process, that experience that shifts their relationship with their offer, that shifts their relationship with their clients. Like it's impossible to go through and, and ask yourself all these questions and to, and to put your brain to work in this way without without shifting that stuff. So, And 100%. you end up with a version of yourself where you're being more authentic, you're more present, you care more about them, you mm. feel closer to your clients, you feel closer to yeah. the heart of your work. Like that's the whole point. Yes. And that's the magic. That's yeah. the magic. So I, so this is why I recommend Misha's um, approach over everybody else's. It's like an <laughs> hour long testimonial for Misha's work, I love which it. I'm so happy to do. Okay. Everybody, 
Mish, thank you for sharing all of your brilliance today. And if you want more of Mish's brilliance, where, where can they go check you out? They can check me out on Instagram. I'm at Mish Grixty, which is M-I-I-S-H-G-R-I-X-T-I uh, on my website, which is the same, www.mishgrixty.com. All right. Any last words for uh, our listeners? Have Find the joy. It's not always joyful and there, there is always joy lingering or hidden in the connection that you feel to your clients and to your offer. So just find it. It's there. Amen. All right. Yeah. Find the joy. Let joy lead the way. Thank you so much again, Mish. We Woo-hoo. will talk to all of you later. Go check out Mish. Bye. Hey, if you want a shot of fresh inspiration and actionable tips to improve your marketing every single week in your inbox, you better get on my email list. Sign up to receive my free ebook called 20 Unsolicited Copy Tips. It's been known to get people to come out of the woodwork and ask to work with you. So get on that link in the show notes and I'll see you in your inbox next time.